Hey friends, and welcome to the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey podcast. I'm your host, Jamie, and I'm so glad you're here. Each week on this show, I invite a girlfriend to join me and we chat about the big things in life, the little things in life, and everything in between. Hey friends, you are listening to episode number 228 today, and my guest is Jen Weiss. You know, some of you might not really like resolutions, or you might like to take it one day at a time, and we're halfway through January, so you might be looking around going, everyone's doing this, or they're doing that, or what am I supposed to be doing? Well, my friend Jen sat down with me in the studio. We talked a lot about letting go of control and living a life that is ours and not what we think our life should be compared to others. I don't know if you struggle with this, but I do sometimes, and this show is going to be a perfect way to help us realize that we don't have to have control. We can let things go. We can live a life that is ours and not one that looks like everyone else. Jen is a boy mom. She's a lover of dinner parties with her friends and finding a life that is full of health and peace. I really enjoyed Jen sitting down with me. She flew in from Pennsylvania to hang out with me, and we had a great time. Also, I need to do it, and I can do it because it's my show. Today is my oldest son, Caden's birthday. He's 15 today, which you guys, if you have been a listener to the show, you know I say this all the time. He's like three and a half years closer to leaving, and I'm sure after he leaves, my other boys, I'm going to say they're two years closer to leaving, and after they leave, I'm going to say my daughter is two years closer to leaving. Basically, my kids are getting older, you guys, and that comes with a lot of amazing things. I'm a lover of big kids. It also comes with a really big realization that they're one year closer to being out on their own. Anyhow, happy birthday, Caden. I know you'll never listen to this, but still, happy, happy birthday. Hey, guys, I want to let you know that tickets go on sale really, really soon for our next happy hour live event. If you're new to the happy hour podcast, let me tell you that twice a year we hold these events and we call them our live events. The funny thing is they are live, but we never put that audio anywhere. We share it just with the people that are there. So we have a big party. We invite 300 of our closest friends, which could be you. We have guests in town. We have food. We have drinks. We have incredible goodie bags. Basically, I call it the best girls' night ever. And I think that people that have been before would say that as well. Our next Happy Hour Live is on April 26th and April 27th. We do two shows back-to-back with different guests on each show. This year, our guests on April 26th are Catherine Lowe and Amy Hannon. Both have been on the show. You love them. Now we're going to see them live. Then on Saturday night, April 27th, I've got Andy Andrew and Jackie Hill Perry, four amazing ladies that I love and respect and just adore the work that they're doing for the world. And they're coming to hang out with us. So here's what you need to know. Tickets go on sale next Monday, January 21st. If you are a Patreon friend, if you are a part of our Patreon group, you can get early access. If you're wondering, what is Patreon? Go to my webpage, jamieivy.com. You're gonna find out all about it. Anyhow, no matter how you get your ticket, I hope that you'll join us at this next event. All right, friends, here is my conversation with Jen Weiss. Hey, Jen, welcome to the happy hour. Hey, thanks for having me here. It's fun to get to know you and have you on the show. And it's super fun because you just released a new book. Yes. Your first book. My first book. I'm so excited. It's your baby book. (laughs) I don't know what this is. I think the second one would still be a baby book, but what would you call this? Your freshman book. Yes. It's my freshman book. I'm really excited. (laughs) Uh, The Bright Life, 40 Invitations to Reclaim Your Energy for the Full Life. First of all, two things. Number one, I love your cover. Thank you. Did you have anything to do with it? Almost nothing. That's how mine is too. Yeah, Yeah, people are like, I love it. I'm like, I did nothing. Yeah. Yeah, actually the person that designed it, I follow him on Instagram. I think his name is Micah Kandros or Kandros, but 
His stuff is awesome. And when I saw the cover, I was like, I would have never thought of this. It's beautiful. And I think that's like everyone's fear when they write a book. One of your fears yeah, is that you're going to sure. get a bad cover. So I I just love it. I'm what were some of that. your other fears when you wrote a book? <laughs> um, hmm. Like, what kind of stories are you going to tell? What are people going to think about you? Uh, will anyone you know, buy it? Will anyone buy I mean, it? Hello? Or is it just going to be your family? <laughs> yeah, like your mom has 78 <laughs> copies. Yeah. Right. So those would be some of the basic fears. <laughs> well, the cover is beautiful um, and it's called The Bright Life. Before we talk about it, you live in Philadelphia. I live in like the first neighborhood outside of like City Lines. Okay. So, yeah. So we're in Philadelphia, um, which I don't know if you've ever heard Jim Gaffigan. He calls like, DC to New York, the corridor of hate. And it kind of is. That's you. Yes, it's a little aggressive and a little angry, um, but we love it there and we've made great friends. And why is it aggressive and angry? Like the people, (laughs) the driving, what is it? Like all of the above. Yeah. It's just a bit, it's assertive, I would say. So maybe less angry, but it has a reputation for just. But you're not like that. I'm not like that. I'm, I'm an outlier. So when you're not <laughs> like that and someone is like that to you, you just let it roll off. You're like, oh, yeah. they're just, that's who they are. Yeah, when we first moved there, I was a little taken aback. I would even get together with people who were kind, but just really super assertive because they're from there. And I realized within the first couple of months, I had to like quickly become a lot more assertive or I was just going to be like run over constantly. And you're always going to think someone's like mad at you or, right. yeah. <laughs> so. Do you read the, are you up on the Enneagram stuff? Yeah. Okay, so I was just thinking, and I don't want to talk about it too much because we could just go down a whole <laughs> rabbit hole. That would be super hard for me as a six to be there because I would always think someone was upset with me. Yeah, yeah, you would. I would love to see a map. I'm going to ask Suzanne Stabile. I would love to see a map of, what oh, are the most numbers in that corridor that you just said? That I probably a lot of threes and eights. I mean, I'm an eight actually. Okay, which is very justice funny. driven. I guess. I mean, people compare it to Darth Vader, which I oh, find that's a fun. little offensive. Okay, yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like I don't think I'm like Darth Vader, but I can hang with the assertiveness if I need to. So okay, that's good. But there are a lot of threes also. See, that's so interesting. Yeah. At least those are the people I know that have taken the Instagram that, you know, yeah. live in the corridor of hate. So. Yeah, in the co- corridor <laughs> of hate. The threes and eights. That is right. so interesting. That is so interesting. Okay, so you have two boys and you yeah. told me that one of your boys plays squash? Squash. I don't know yes. what this is. <laughs> you know, I don't fully know what it is either. So is this an athletic it, sport? It, yeah, <laughs> yes. So it's similar to like racquetball tennis. It's a racket sport and it's played in a court with like a glass window in the back. And the ball is, it's like a dead ball, but it doesn't bounce very hard. So you really have to hit it hard. Um, And there's not like, from what I can tell as an observer, like you don't, like they're the two people playing against each other kind of run all over the place to get the ball. So there's just a lot of racing around and getting out of each other's way. And the ball can bounce off of any of the walls um, after it's been hit. That sounds like this game I used to watch my dad play when I was younger at the country club. Like it's four walls and the very yeah. back one was glass. You could see into it. Yeah. That racquetball? It's similar. Okay. And it is definitely a country clubby type sport. It so totally is. I think even, I'm having so many flashbacks right now, Jen. I think even at our country club, you could like walk upstairs and the top was yes. open and so you could watch down. Yes, I did that two days ago to watch one of his meets. I'm yeah. having flashbacks right now. Yeah. I'm like, what else can I remember from my childhood? Yes. And watching people play racquetball. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. So Pennsylvania, two boys. Yes. Author. Congratulations, by the way. Thank you. Your book just came out on January 8th. And so it's a new thing into the world. I will tell you what I tell all first-time authors is 
I released my book almost a, a year ago. I released okay. it January of 2018 and now we're in January 2019. I said that I described releasing a book like getting run over with a Mack truck <laughs> full of party supplies. <laughs> like it's the most fun. You're so excited. Yeah. There's part like not really legitimate parties, but you feel like every day's a party, but you feel like a Mack truck is running over you front and back. So congrats <laughs> and good luck and have fun. <laughs> Thank you. But it's good. It's a party. It's a party. Um, okay, so let's talk about your book. Yeah. The Bright Life. Yes. What does the bright life even mean? The bright life means kind of, I think, I don't know. I think especially for women, it might be, might be something for men too, but I think particularly for women, we spend ourselves just trying to scrape together like this life that we think that we want or that we've been told that we should want. Um, and we end up really exhausted. I don't know almost any women who aren't just completely exhausted and run down and running on fumes. Um, and it's because we're trying so hard to kind of build this life and put it together and be it all and do it all and you know, kind of achieve this look and this feel and the home and the kids and the career and all this stuff. And what we really end up is depleted and dull and not really ourselves. Um, but when we learn to kind of like rest in being loved and valued as we are, we're kind of able to let go of some of those things to some extent. And that's when, when we let go of kind of like that striving for the life that we think we need, I think that's when we actually have the energy and the wherewithal and like the connection to live to live a bright life where we see the people around us. We've got energy for the people we love. We're taking care of ourselves. We can, you know, sense where the Holy Spirit's leading. We can join in things that matter because we're not just scrambling around trying to do everything all the time perfectly. Oh my gosh. When you said, I don't know very many women who are not exhausted. I'm sitting here <laughs> thinking and I'm like, I think sometimes we carry that as like this badge of honor. Yeah. You know, and if you talk to a girlfriend and they're like, oh, I'm just like sitting around hanging out with my kids. You're like, are you lazy? <laughs> like, what are you doing? So you know what true. I mean? Like, don't you have something to do? Yes. Where, I mean, let's just have this conversation. I don't know the answer and you might not either, but I don't think that it was like this for our parents. I, I definitely don't think it was like this. I think, you know, I mean, especially being, if you're a mother, like I think being a mother is hard and exhausting no matter what to some extent, but I, don't, I definitely don't think it used to be like this. And I mean, the pressures even now, like a few years ago, I tried making my own laundry soap, which I'm like, why? They why sell it at I the store, that? right. Right, yeah. but it was like everyone online is making, and I was like, thought, this is absurd. Like, what am I spending my time on? But you just, it feels like there's pressure to just do so much and it comes from every direction. And it's not even always the same thing as the hard part because you're getting the voices from basically every little community that exists. So some people are telling you, make your own laundry soap, you know, bake everything, do this, do that. And then other people are like, you know, get the career, get the promotion, you know, like look awesome, have your nails done all the time. And there's so many voices. And it's not even like, at least for myself, I kind of know which ones speak to me the loudest, but you still hear them all. So right. you still feel like, you need the wholesome this and you need the awesome that. And um, it's just too much. Like you really can't do it. And you just end up just, yeah, kind of like almost like a shell of yourself yeah. in a sense. It's like we're trying to be the best of everybody else <laughs> in ourselves. Like even when you're talking about like make your own laundry soap or do this or do that. Some people, that is their thing. Right. But it's not my thing. Right. And some of my <laughs> things aren't some of other people's things. Yes. And so I think when I'm listening to you talk, what I'm, my mind is telling me is that we're looking at other people and saying, oh, she's really good at that. I'm supposed to be good at that too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
definitely. You know, I've, I've struggled with that a little bit with parenting. Yeah. You know, and in work as well. Like, yeah. oh, she's good at that. I guess I'm supposed to be good at that. She's doing that. She says, this is going to be awesome. I think I should do it. Mm-hmm. And then it leads us to exhaustion. It really does. And I think for myself, like I've, like, you know, mostly stay-at-home parent, but also have always been kind of working part-time and work, like trying to, you know, keep progressing in my career. And I think some, I mean, I'm sure this is not unique to me in that situation, but I think I constantly feel like, I'm not measuring up on the parenting front and I'm not doing enough and I should be, you know, making them like a home-cooked breakfast every morning and all this stuff. But then also I'm not measuring up on the work front and I should be further along in my career and I should have more done. And and really like I'm doing the best I can. And I, I if I'm honest with myself, but I'm not honest with myself that often, like I am, I'm doing the best I can. Um, but you'd see like, you know, all these like super stellar, you know, people in every little pocket and you do, you think you should be that person in every area and, and not everything is yours to right. focus on. Yeah. Okay. So as you're saying this, I'm thinking this, and I know people are listening and thinking this. Okay. So they're thinking, okay, I don't want to be that way. Yeah. Like I want to do <laughs> what God's called me to do. I want to do what I'm best at. I don't have to look like everybody else. Mm-hmm. And your book is like, this is where you're going to find rest and you're going to be renewed and you're going to be able to do what God's asked you to do. Okay, let's talk this. How do we practically do that? Like, yeah. how do we be that woman <laughs> who is not trying to live up to the expectations of everyone else, who is not right. like overcome and dealing with the pressures that society puts on us? What do we do, Jen? Yeah, I mean, I, I will tell you and also tell you that I don't do any of these things perfectly at all. I'll give you an intangible and a tangible. Okay. Intangibly... I think it really comes back to really, truly, actually trusting God. Yeah. Um, because one thing that I've done a lot this fall um, when I meet with women is something that I had forced myself to do. I actually just was cleaning out my phone and saw that this was something that I did for the first time in 2013. I thought it was like two years ago, but it was genuinely long, yeah. years and years ago. Um, is that I forced myself to make a list of all the things I feel guilty and like feel shame about. And it was not all, but it was long. I mean, there's many, many things. Okay. And I'm not talking about like, oh, I, you know, beat someone up or I stole something. Right. It's like, you know, my nail polish is chipped or, you know, there's crumbs on the counter or I didn't get that email back in time. Um, because all those things come into our head. Yeah. All day long. Oh my gosh. And like, so we're dealing with them all day. You really are. And that's the thing is I think I finally forced myself. I was like, because I thought I feel like I'm being crushed by pressure all the time. And I started to realize like, what... What are these things? Because again, most of them were not enormous. Right. And no one would even like walk into your house and even think that. Right. Yeah. No one sees a piece of dog hair on my sweater and is like, man, you are failing at right. life. But right. I feel like I'm right. failing yes. at life. Yeah. Like, why do I have dog hair on my sweater? Um, and so I made this huge list. And this is something I've done with several groups of women this fall specifically, because I made so make this list. Just be really honest. I mean, it's going to sound like stupid stuff, but it's real stuff for you. The things that kind of play you, that make good. you feel yeah. ashamed and make you feel guilty. And like, you're just, you know, you're not measuring up. You're not worthy of love or, you know, whatever. So then I went back and the verse in Romans, I think it's eight, gosh, 38 and 39, I want to say, 37, 38. Um, it's like, you know, neither heights nor depths nor principalities, you know, demons, angels, none of this can separate us from the love of God. Um, And we go back and we take that verse and I pull out all those words. And I'm like, because I think if you have been in the church a long time, you've been a Christian a long time, you've heard this verse a million times and you're like, yeah, 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 of course. Like, of course demons can't keep me from God's love or death or angels or, you know, like, 
Of course. Like Obviously, I'm not even questioning yeah. that. Yeah, like, these are duh. like big things, right? Yeah. But we still walk around with this list in our head all the time. And so I forced myself to do this and now have forced many other women to do it as well, um, to go in and take out all those big things and fill in the things from your list. Wow, yeah. And the first time I did it, I kind of like wrote, I wrote it down in my journal because I'm a nerd. So this is the kind, like I give myself these kind of tasks. I love it, I love it. (laughs) (laughs) Like, why am I doing this? Um, But so I wrote it down and I was kind of read it in my mind. And I thought, oh yeah, that is kind of helpful. But then I, because I'm really a nerd, I forced myself, I'm like, no, you have to say this out loud. Like you have to read it. Like you really believe it. Like it's a prayer and like you're having faith. So I forced myself sitting in my house by myself to like read this thing out loud. And it was- Where you inserted all of those things that you had written down. So it was like, you know, I believe neither, you know, giving my kids too much screen time or missing five workouts or, you know, neither this nor that. I mean, it was all these silly things that sound silly outwardly. But these are the things that day in and day out make me feel like, yeah, like I don't, I'm not enough. You don't like measure I, up. Yeah, yeah, I don't measure up and I'm not worthy of being loved. I need to try harder. If maybe if I had my act together more, you know, like then, then I'd be lovable. Then I'd be worthy of God's love or then my life would work out. Um, and so reading it out loud was actually kind of gut-wrenching because I I'm think sure. you suddenly I think, oh my gosh, this is true. I like, I believe this is true. And I can't believe that I've been living under the weight of all these really trivial things. And maybe some of them are less trivial, but really most of them that we walk around with are pretty trivial and yeah. don't matter. Like God doesn't care if my nail polish is chipped. And actually most people don't care if my right. nail polish is chipped. Right. Um, you know, or if I have a pile of unfolded laundry at the end of my bed, like that doesn't make me a bad person, but it makes me feel like I'm a bad yes. person. Because you, in your mind, every woman who has their st- stuff together mm-hmm. has their nails painted. Right. And there's no laundry on the end of their bed. No, no. Right. They are killing it in yes. every area of life. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and so, so anyway, so back to your question, just the intangible of just learning. And that's, there's no magic formula, but like just continually releasing those things and learning to really, I guess, rest in knowing and really believe that you are loved, period. Like you are worthy, period. Like you are, you're secure, you're accepted, like right now. So whether that means you're where you want to be in life or if your kids have stains on their clothes or if, you know, you missed the promotion again, whatever it is, like you're okay. And I think that's something that is really hard in general, in life, because we're all broken. But I think especially as women in our culture, gosh, it's like everywhere you look, you just think, oh my, like, I just, yeah, like nothing I do is ever going to be enough. Yeah. I think too, like, I know that we talk about this a lot on the show and I talk about this a lot with like my girlfriends in real life about how people's lives are so um, on display so much now. I mean, even like, if you think like, reality TV, right. um, social media, um, books, blogs, whatever it might be. We live in this culture where anyone can showcase anything about their life. Yeah, Snapchat, YouTube, anybody. Like I could create an entire life and show it to you and it could look extremely perfect. And I am a huge fan of social media. I'm a huge fan of right. all those things. So there's <laughs> like, it's not like I'm saying these things are bad, yeah. but I'm saying what they can do is they give us this look into someone's life that we think is reality. Mm-hmm. And it's just not. I mean, people say, I'm sure they say it to you too. They're like, oh my gosh, I feel like I know you. Right. And I always say to them, you only know what I tell you. 
Like yeah. you only know what I tell you. You yeah. don't know the fight my husband and I had last week. You don't know the way I yelled at my kid this week. You mm-hmm. don't know how I totally missed paying this bill and it went to collection. Right. I mean, you don't know <laughs> right. these things. Right. And so I think that we just also, there's something kind of responsibility that I've kind of taken on myself is I've got to remind myself that when I, what I think is perfection by that woman I'm looking at, mm. that there's something, there's so much more there. Yeah. There's so much more You're behind so right. what we see, you know? Um, I think even when you're talking, I'm like, man, this is so good for girlfriends. If you have like a close group of girlfriends to do this together. Yeah. You say you do it with women. I'm assuming yeah. this is when you're teaching. Yeah, when I'm teaching places. So what is, have you seen like women do that? Because this seems like a phenomenal individual exercise. Mm-hmm. But I'm thinking about my group of girlfriends who I let into my life yeah. and they know the dark stuff about me that no one knows. Yeah. What if I let them into that and said, here are the things that I feel guilty about, that I feel like I don't yeah. measure up about. I think it's so powerful. I mean, the, and like you said, I'm doing this in in a context where I'm speaking someplace. Um, but I usually ask, you know, a few women to read it out loud. And, you know, it is. And so in that case, those are women that I don't even know personally. Yeah. Maybe I met them over coffee beforehand or something, but um, it's really powerful and moving. And, and it's somewhat also, it works on your own heart even to hear someone else read their version. Oh, for because sure. Because you think, you're looking at this woman and you're thinking, how could you ever think this about yourself? But you know that you think the exact same thing. Um, but when someone so, else says it out loud, like even the things that you're listing, I'm like, Jen, that's not that big of a deal. Let it go. Who right. cares? I don't care right. if you have laundry on your bed. Right. So I think even hearing someone say that, it's not belittling. It's another reinforcement of it's not, it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's that also that thing of like realizing that everyone has the same thing. Like we're all in this together and right. no one's perfect and we've all got stuff. Yeah, definitely. Uh, oh, it's this whole illusion that we got to let go of. Yeah. And it's hard. It's yeah. so hard. It's so hard. Okay. So in your book, uh, The Bright Life, you talk about learning the unforced rhythms of grace. Right. What actually does that look like on a practical level? Um, or describe even yeah. what are you talking about when you say that? I mean, for me, I think it has been things like I, I never thought like I needed to like earn, you know, earn my salvation or any of kind of like those bigger ideas. But I guess like thinking if I could just, you know, always make the right choice or always do the right thing, um, then life would work out, right? <laughs> it's that control thing too. Yes, which is a big problem. That's for a big me. one for me too. So <laughs> we're in this together. Right. And I think just learning that like, um, while of course, I want to be more and more like Jesus. And of course, I want to make healthy choices and I want to treat people well and show love and I want to grow. Um, that idea of like trying to always just do the right thing and, you know, agonizing over, I've said the wrong word here. I shouldn't have reacted that way. Or, you know, I slept in because I was tired and now I feel lazy and I'm behind or I didn't read my Bible or um, living like that it's not the way God intends for it's, us. It sounds exhausting. Yeah, it when is. When you say it, it out loud, I'm like, God, it's exhausting. And then I'm like, that's how we live. <laughs> right. And it is exhausting. And that's the thing is I think learning to, yes, like pursue, you know, growth and holiness and to, you know, be a disciple and all these things, like you want all that. And that's all what we should be doing. That's good. But part of that is resting in that grace that we have. And so, you know, if you have some, I don't know. I've always have like these awesome 
you know, big picture ways that I think I should be living and things I should be doing. And some of those are great and things that I actually do, you know, end up being a part of my life. Um, but, you know, like right now I'm doing a Bethmore Bible study, The Quest. It's amazing. It's so great. But also a lot of times like where I'm at is I'm reading like the verse of the day on you version. Mm-hmm. And that is literally all I can muster. Yeah. Um, because of my emotional strength, to, m- the time I'm having, um, maybe I'm struggling to get out of bed in the morning because I'm sad, like, or maybe I'm just literally that tired. Yeah. And we let those things heap guilt on us. And that just sends us flailing faster and harder. Um, and something that I've been trying to learn, which is really hard for me because I tend to put a lot of pressure on myself, like I think most of us do, is that if what I'm doing is reading the verse of the day on my phone every day, like that's not meaningless. Like mm-hmm. that's still me connecting with God and he can still use that. And, you know, even things like that, like I think you miss a day and you're like, oh, I feel so guilty that then you're like, oh, well, it's all over now. Yeah, I might as well and, just yeah. throw my Bible in the trash. Yeah. <laughs> right? And I think um, John Acuff has a book called Finish. I don't uh-huh. know if you read that. Yeah. But, um, he talks about the day after perfect is the day that people just give everything up. So like you might, I'm going to run, you know, every day for 60 days. And after day 15, you miss a run, so you just quit. And I think we do that with our spiritual life where we're like, well, I guess it's over now, which is like ridiculous. Because I think, okay, like God's going to meet with me on Thursday, whether I was there on Wednesday or not, whether I gave him two seconds of thought on Wednesday or not, or for the last month or years, if it may be for you. Like that's, and whether it's, you know, I'm sitting down to do this beautiful Bible study or if I'm literally pulling out my phone and looking at an app and reading a verse and like taking a moment. Yeah. Like God can still use that. And it doesn't mean you don't have times where you do more or invest more or have more time to give. But but yeah, just to remove that pressure and all the baggage that we have around what it looks like to, you know, to live a meaningful life, to live the life that God wants for us. I think it's so good that you mentioned even when you were talking about you may be tired or sad or sick or whatever. And so it leads to that, but we don't give ourselves that grace. I have a lot of new mamas who will yeah. say, I just didn't expect how A, tired I would be and mm-hmm. B, how little I would be in the word. Yeah. Because, you know, they go from like having their their free, quote unquote, freedom and right. all the time in the world, which is true, you mm-hmm. know? And then you've got this little person and you think, oh, it's going to be easy. Like, what do they do? Um, and you find yourself completely exhausted and done. And you got the verse of the day on your phone and then you start to feel guilty. And I'm like, man, take those little steps because yeah. eventually, whether you're in a season of depression or your season of sickness or in your season of caring for someone in your home, eventually, hopefully by the grace of God, you'll have more time, you know? Right. And so I like what you're saying of don't give up because of what it looks like right now. Right, right. That's so, so good. Um, you mentioned to me that you're in a really good season of friendships right now. Yeah. Let's That's... talk about friends. How old are you? <laughs> I'm 37. Okay, I'm 40. Okay. Um, I think that w- I thought friendships would be hard only in like high school. Right. <laughs> friendships are harder when you're older too. Yeah. You know what I mean? Not hard, like I'm not in a difficult, I don't have difficult friendships right, right now. It's just like, you have to work really hard at friendships. Yes. At 40 and 37. Yes. What does that look like for you right now? I mean, honestly, it's it's one of the biggest blessings of my life in the last few years is just 
I think most of my adult life, like especially once you leave college or grad school, you're kind of out on your own and you're like, where do I meet friends? Like it's worse than dating, I think. I know. There's no reason to invite this random girl from the grocery (laughs) store to hang out. So it's kind of awkward. Like, hey, we both like apples. (laughs) Do you want to go have coffee? (laughs) Yeah. Yes. Um, But, you know, over the last few years, I have just had the most like beautiful friendships probably probably of my life. I still have some very close girlfriends from college that were my roommates. Um, and, you know, like one or two close friends from home from growing up. But aside from that, the last few years, um, just these amazing friendships where I think they're very real. Um, we laugh a lot, but we can also cry and be like, you know, sad together. Um, it's just been, yeah, really special. We love each other's kids. We you know, go work out together and look disgusting and still keep hanging out. Like, it's just, um, I think just finding fun things to do together, making it somewhat of a priority because it is hard because you've got your whole schedule. If you have a family, they've got their own schedules. And then, you know, even just as simple as like one kid gets sick, that cancels everyone's plans. You know, like that's just kind of how it goes. Um, But the last few years, yeah, just being really intentional about nurturing those relationships, um, getting our, if it means we get all the kids together so that we can hang out, like that's a double bonus because now our kids, even though they're a wide range of ages, like they're kind of like the big rolling pack of, yep. you know, siblings almost. Yep. Um, but yeah, just making some of those intentional choices to make that time together happen. And then we do other things like we have, you know, like, oh, like, you know, this holiday, so-and-so always has everyone over or this time of year, we all go here together. And just little things like that that become kind of like silly, but fun and meaningful traditions over time. And a few of my friends are people that like miraculously just lived right on my street when I yeah. moved there. Oh, that's the um, best. Yeah, and it's like everyone's dream, kind of like the Friends situation, like Friends TV shows right. situation. We yeah. all live by each other. But I mean, really, we just kind of like walked into that and it was amazing to suddenly you're like, oh my gosh, like some of these people are like my best friends. And, you know, my friend Christy, she lived so close that she could come over at night and you like leave her baby monitor in her yeah. house. Like that was how that's close our house. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's really amazing. Yeah, so, yeah. So yeah, I mean, it's just special. And I think I think when you're younger or you first get married or you're dating, you just like, that's so important to you. And it is important, but you almost like let some of those like female friendships slide a little bit for a while. And maybe you first have kids and it's just really hard. But for me, as I've started to be able to come up for air a little bit, as my kids are, you know, don't need me to do every single thing for them. I think I was like, oh, right this is what it's like to have like really deep friendships and it it just changes everything. Do you, I mean, even when you're talking about it and with your book, I'm like, that is a part of that resting and finding like deeper relationships yeah. that can benefit us so much. And I yeah. think you're right. As we get older and we have kids and, and work, um, I would say when I say friendships are hard for me right now in this season, you know, I, I live 20 minutes outside of Austin. I have four kids. I have a job. Right. And so it takes so much work, but I do see that sometimes it's like one of the first things that I miss right. when I'm kind of running that kind of chaotic life, <laughs> yes. you know, is those yes. friendships. Yeah. And thankfully, we use Voxer. Do you use Voxer? No. Oh, it's an app on your phone. It's like a walkie-talkie thing. Oh, no. So we talk back and forth all the time. There's like, you can make a group. That's awesome. Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> so you can all talk back and forth. Yeah. So there's a, I have a group of girlfriends who like one, two of them don't even live here anymore in uh-huh. Austin. And some of them, we've all, we don't even live close to any of them, but we all keep up with each other on Boxer. 
You should check it out. I definitely will. That would be very helpful. I know. <laughs> there's also Marco Polo, which I'm not the biggest fan of because it's video. Yeah. And I just don't have time. I And, and I, I don't I, like seeing myself yeah, on I video. Yeah, I can't do it. That's too stressful. With Voxer, I can just put my headphones in. And usually I catch up when I'm driving. Right. Yeah, and then you can That's talk back for them. Perfect. I know, it's really... If you don't know it, guys, I'm a Texas girl through and through. I've lived here most of my life. I was born here and I love traveling. Here's why I love traveling throughout Texas, because it has a vast landscape of cultures, regions, destinations, and activities, which means there's an infinite number of different travel experiences. And no two travelers are exactly alike. And it means that no two trips should be either. If you're a beach person, well, you can have fun under the sun with Texas's 350 miles of coastline. If you're more of a rugged vacation type, there are campgrounds, hiking trails, and state parks galore. And foodies cannot get enough of Texas's world-famous barbecue and Tex-Mex. Enjoy live music, visit internationally recognized art museums, and check out thrilling cowboy experiences. And now, Travel Texas offers a one-of-a-kind online trip builder that allows users to generate a custom, visually-led trip matched to their unique interest. Guys, come visit my state. Visit TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn to get the only trip to Texas that matters. Yours. That's TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn. You guys, in January of 2024, I made a commitment to myself. I wanted to get stronger, which meant I needed to get in the gym, which means I needed to move my body in different ways. You guys know I love to walk. Well, it's spring, and spring is the best time for us to start a new workout routine. It's our yearly collective warm-up, and Peloton is here for everyone's yearly warm-up. This is the best time to get into a good rhythm, to tap into your power, and build towards your summer you. I love my Peloton. It accommodates to my schedule with a variety of class links to choose from. I can choose a 30-minute class. I can choose a 45-minute class. If you only have five minutes, there's literally a class to get you moving your body in five minutes. Peloton has a range of class types fit for every goal and every mood. There are classes if you want to hear country music, if you want to hear uh, rock, if you want to go back to the 80s. If you can't run, take a walking class. Need some grounding? Try yoga. If you want to level up, go for their Pilates or HIIT workouts. Here's what I love is that you can move at your own pace. And that is what I'm learning that my body needs right now. It needs to move at its own pace. Peloton makes the process easier with personalized recommendations and guided programs that take all the guesswork out of working out. You guys, we think about so many things during the day. Let's take the guesswork out. Let's jump right in and let's keep our fitness journey fresh every single day. Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has something for you. I personally love a good 45-minute hip-hop class. It gets me moving. It gets me excited. It's my favorite genre of music, just ask my kids. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. That's OnePeloton.com. Great. That's really great. Okay. Earlier, we both mentioned control. Yes. It's a big struggle for me. I see it come out in almost every area of my life. Mm -hmm. It um, affects my parenting. It affects my marriage. It affects my job. It affects everything. Um, And by the grace of God, I've come really far with it. But I can see that a lot of times with um, my struggle with control is I feel as if I'm in control, everything will be okay. Right. Nothing can go wrong. (laughs) Right? Totally. Totally. 
Totally. Because that makes perfect sense in my head. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Except for when life turns upside down, yeah. we realize we have zero control. Mm-hmm. What does that look like for you? Because you said you struggle with it. I know I struggle with it. Yeah. How has that been for you? And how does it even relate to what you want women to get out of your book? I mean, how does that, yeah. that sense of control, that it's really, it's an illusion, it's a facade. It's not it true. Is. Um, I mean, that is that is something that is actually really hard for me. Um, and anyone who has ever, like my college roommates, I mean, anyone who has lived with me would be like, yes, that is a real problem. Um, I mean, I like, I like my house perfectly clean. Like, I mean, as soon as, like, yeah. I mean, if you were to leave your shoes in the living room overnight, I feel, it's not just that I don't, I mean, I don't like how it looks, uh-huh. but also I would feel like a deep sense of panic, like things are coming off the rails. Okay, so my husband <laughs> wishes that my control idol came into our house, <laughs> but mine is weird. Like I should show you the sign I have in the laundry room because I have, a, I have this control over laundry. Oh, for sure. Like I've done, I do everyone's laundry in the yeah. house. I hate it, but I cannot yeah. let anyone else do it because they will do it wrong. Yeah. The other day, Aaron and I were folding towels together and the way he folded them, I was like, do you not even know how to fold a towel? And no, his towel looks perfectly fine, but it's not how I folded. You yeah, know, the seams should be facing out. And it, they all know, fit the same way into right. our closet. I mean, you know. Totally. So I'll, <laughs> I'll text you a picture later of the size. I finally am making my kids do their own laundry. Wow. But I don't want to. I want to do it. Yeah. Because then it's done right. But I'm going to text you the sign I put up with the 10 <laughs> rules. And basically one of them is like, this is my laundry room. I'm letting you use it. <laughs> if you don't follow these rules, I will charge you. Yeah, you are a guest here. You are a guest here. <laughs> don't mess it up. Um, okay, but go back to control. Like yeah. what that feels like for you. Yeah. So I, I think that it's the same thing you were saying. Like I have, and I have less of it now because I think life just slowly like beats it out of you over time, um, which is painful, but good. Um, I've always just had the sense that like, if I can just, you know, get everything done and keep it together and everything's organized and clean and on schedule, you know, things will work out. Um, and what what those things are, I don't even know. Right. I, I can't tell you what those things are. Like, but it just feels like life will work. And I do think there is some sense of if you're organized and on top of For things, sure. like, yeah, you know, you're not gonna forget things or you know, your morning will be smoother. Um, but my mind takes it way further than that. Yeah. And so I just I think over the years and particularly the last few years, as you know, life is hard or you know, we've gone through hard seasons, I start to realize you can do everything, you know, up to your standard as much as you can all the time. Your house can be clean. Your clothes can be right. Um, you know, you can get to the gym every day. Like you can do whatever you want that you think that is your version of, you know, achieving. And it, there are no guarantees of what's going to happen. Um, because all those things are an illusion. Like, you you holding it together or keeping an organized planner or having your kids on schedule, um, it doesn't really matter. Like people get sick, people hurt you, um, things fall through the cracks, disasters happen. I mean, all you have to do is briefly look at the news or on Facebook yep. and you just realize like this world is, it's, it's not like, it's not under our control. Yeah. And any sense that we have of being able to gain control and protect ourselves it's, it is, it's an illusion. Yeah. And so I think learning that is hard and painful and it, you really only learn it by having it not work. Doesn't that stink that that's <laughs> yeah. how we have to learn that? Yeah, I it, mean, it does. <laughs> I guess if we didn't have such a control idol, we could learn it another way, but you're right. <laughs> right. It's like, God has to remind us like, hey, yeah. you actually, and I think like when we talk about women, 
and what we've been talking about for the past 30 minutes and just with your book, I've been feeling feeling this sense in my soul that we've kind of bought into this lie mm-hmm. that if we check all these boxes, A, will be successful. B, our marriage will be phenomenal. C, our kids will grow up to love Jesus and do the right thing. Right. D, our, our businesses will succeed. All the things, like we just, mm-hmm. we've somehow bought into the lie. Yeah. That if we do all the right things, everything yes. will be okay. Yeah. And it, it is so not true. It is so not true. And I think it's detrimental to women. I, I, I mean, men too, I'm sure, but like four men listen to this podcast or I always right. speak to the women. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, four men. But uh, yeah, but I think it's just killing us. It, it it's really, really is. hurting us. And that's the thing is like, I think, you know, as a Christian, when I look back over my life, most of the things that are really beautiful in my life did not come from me doing the right thing and, you know, just making every right decision and every step. And I mean, yes, there's something you said for hard work or whatever, but really like the most beautiful friendships, the projects that have, you know, turned out to be, you know, beyond my expectations, things like that have come almost exclusively through other means other than my own trying and scrambling. Yeah. And yes, of course, then you steward those things well, hopefully, but, um, I think more often than not, the things that are really beautiful and special and blessings in my life are clearly, clearly something God has done and clearly something I have not done. Right, right. Yeah. I just watched this morning, we're talking about control. Um, my friend Winter, she's been on the show. If you've listened for a long time, you've heard her. She passed away this past summer, very unexpectedly, um, very unexpectedly. And so um, it's been, you know, honestly hard on the family, obviously, yeah. four girls. She had a phenomenal ministry. I mean, you just look at it and you go, God, I don't understand because she was doing everything Mm -hmm. for you. Like she was doing so much good in the world. Well, her um, cousin is my friend Crystal also and her, Crystal's brother, Jonathan. So I might've lost you, but Winter, my friend that passed away, her cousin, Jonathan. Um, I just saw a video that he created and I just watched it this morning and it was about losing Winter. And in there, he talks about we don't have uh, this whole thing about not having control. Yeah. You know, I think that you're right when you say it really, it's really abundantly clear. We don't have control when something tragic like that happens. Right. You know, that we just, we don't have control. Yeah. And it's sad and it's scary. Um, but I think sometimes when we get through those tragic events and we get through those things, we learn more. Yeah. We grow. I mean, it's called sanctification. God sanctifying yep. us. <laughs> and then we move on and there's probably going to be more things. You know, yeah. but we build off of the faith that we built mm-hmm. during that trial. Yeah. Which I want that, right? Yeah. That's what's hard. And I think that's the thing is like, I mean, maybe there are people that go through life completely unscathed and it's no, just- No, there can't be. I feel like there can't be. I feel like there can't be, Jen. <laughs> this, if, you, if you're listening and nothing bad has ever happened to you, you tell us because, and then we're going to tell you that you're lying. <laughs> right. I just don't think there can be. No, I don't think so. Life is too hard. Yeah, just existing in the world. I I agree. And that's the thing is I think that um, as you get older, not like I'm so old, but I feel old. (laughs) Like I would say by late 30s into 40, like you kind of take one of two paths with those things, which is either you become more rigid and trying harder to grasp for control and maybe bitter, or you learn that you don't have control and that that's actually probably for the best because that means that God has control. And if God's in control, like A, we can relax. Mm. Um, we don't have to like try to hold the world in our hands and, you know, scramble to keep everything together. And also like, if God's in control, it means like God knows what's best. 
And he's actually actively working to, you know, restore the world and to heal hearts. And and we can be a part of that, but we don't have to like shoulder that burden for ourselves or for, you know, I mean, yeah, like you look at the news and you're like, oh my gosh, like, how can I fix this? Um, And yeah, like there are ways we're invited into that work, but to know like God's got this, this is his, this is his mission and we can be a part of it. Like that just takes so much pressure off, I think. So much, so much. I was just, I'm doing with some friends, the Seamless Bible Study by Angie Smith. I don't okay. know if you've heard of it. It's, yeah. it's good, I recommend it. But um, I was just reading this morning about when Abraham took Isaac up to the um, mountain to, yeah, because God had told him to sacrifice him. And one of the things that she was talking about there, which I think is relevant to what we're talking about, is that, that Abraham, even as hard as that was, and I'm sure it felt completely out of control, he trusted God's character so much mm. that he knew that God was going to provide somehow. Yep. And I just think, man, I want to be that. Like, I want to trust God's character so much that even yeah. when the world seems like it's falling down, even when everything seems out of control, that I trust his character more than I trust my circumstances. Right. That's what I want to be. Yeah. And that's hard. It is hard. It is so hard. Ugh. Yeah. Dear God. <laughs> I'm like going to stop and have a moment of just, I'm going to pray over us. Um, okay. But in all seriousness, you also, um, and I can tell you mentioned yoga. How do you think that like healthy eating and exercise can be a part of us kind of resting and not being on this yeah. like hamster wheel of life? Because honestly, I'll just say also, that's another thing that especially for women in my life that I see, it's the first thing to go. Oh, yeah. The first thing to go when life is hard. Absolutely. I mean, because it feels selfish in some it way. It does. <laughs> and it feels like I don't have time. Absolutely. And that, that happens to me as well. And I try, I've gotten better, actually, even in the process of uh, my book coming out, things have just been really crazy. And I was starting, you know, I'm not going to the gym. I'm not, you know, I'm just grabbing whatever to eat. And then when you're you know, releasing a book, you have to keep going back and reading parts of it. Yes. And I was like, oh, right. That part. <laughs> um, so there are all these great reminders for myself in there. But, and that's, so that is something that, you know, I really try to make a priority for myself. But I do think like, it's so easy to let those things go first because it takes a little time and a little intentionality and it feels like it's just about us. I think most women have this, you know, we have this sense of like, oh, like we come last. And in some ways, it's great to be selfless, of course. And especially if you've got a family or friendships, like you want to be, you know, putting other people before yourself. But part of treating other people well is actually still taking care of yourself. Yeah. So, and I'm not saying go to the gym because you want to be hot or go to the gym because you want like a skinnier pair of jeans. Right. It's just a byproduct maybe. <laughs> right. Hopefully. But yeah, but yeah, <laughs> we, I see what you're we saying. Hope, we we hope always hope. Yeah. But like, taking the time to like get our bodies moving and giving it the food, our bodies, like the food that it needs and actually needs, um, it does change our outlook. And it gives our, like, I think even just exercise, it changes, you know, it changes stuff in your brain. It really does, yeah. 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 And like when you're eating garbage all day, you feel like garbage. Um, when you eat healthy food, like it does, it just changes your outlook on life. And um, those things, and then getting enough sleep, like those are things that have become really important to me over the last few years. And again, there are seasons where those things go. Yeah, there it's are, hard. Yeah. yeah. And there are nights when I'm like, I have to get this stuff done and I'm up till two in the morning on my computer. But that is now an outlier for me yeah. as opposed to my norm. Like how you're living. Yeah. yeah. And it used to be my norm to yeah. just stay up till two or three in the morning every night. And um, Oh, that makes me tired yeah. just thinking about that. It does me now. At the time, I 
we did, I did that for years and years. And now I think, oh my gosh. Wow. Like, I do yeah. it one night and I'm like toast. Oh yeah. Yeah. If I'm not toast too, I've got, I have to recover two weeks for a 2 a.m. nighttime. Yeah. yeah. Yes. You yes. know, the hardest time for me is to think about what I'm doing with my body is when I'm on the road. It's when I'm on yes. the road, like after I get done speaking, mm-hmm. I just did this week, I might get back to the hotel 1030. Mm-hmm. I think you deserve something, Jamie. Absolutely. You've worked so hard. So what I got <laughs> myself was like a pizza that was meant for two. And I ate the entire thing at 1030 yes. at night before I crawled into bed. I mean, it is just, <laughs> I just, and I think I would have felt so much better the next morning had I either just gone to bed or gotten something different. And you know, also, it's good to talk about this now because it's January. Do you know what everyone's doing in January? Uh, dieting, right? Dieting. Yeah. They're making all these new <laughs> resolutions. They're doing all of yes. these things. And so I think it's also worth saying, it goes along with everything else we've been talking about, yeah. is that this is not going to make you like be no. that person. Right. But it's something that you can think about to help yourself, you know? Yes. And it's not, in a, like, that's the thing is I think taking the pressure off. Yeah, that's what it is. Um, yeah. Because again, like, you're not trying to look like an Instagram model, or maybe you are, but you shouldn't be. Like, right. And it's not about, you know, impressing people with some, like, special diet you're on. Um, but it's just about taking care of yourself. And again, it, I mean, it kind of goes back to the thing we're talking about with even, like, reading the Bible. Like, maybe you're in a season where you're going running every morning, and you're eating healthy, or you're at the gym every day, or you have a trainer, or whatever. Um and that's all great. But even if you're not there, like you can go for a walk maybe yeah. for 15 minutes or make a healthier choice to have like, you know, like a good breakfast. Um, and I think all, all those little things, or just go to bed half an hour earlier. Yeah. I mean, even half an hour like feels hard sometimes, but it does- Make a difference. Yeah, you feel, you wake up and you feel good as opposed to- Dragging. Not, yeah. And, yeah. and then you make better choices all day. Um, so I just think, yeah, like not feeling- I think a lot of times we think of these things that are actually about our health. We think of them more as about our looks and that puts right. on so much pressure. So much pressure. Also because oh. walking for 15 minutes is not going to make you look like what you want to look like. So then you're like, <laughs> right. well, I'm never doing this again. It doesn't work. <laughs> right? Yeah, why? Yeah, right. one day I'm done. I've done that before. I'm like made good food choices one day and I text my girlfriend I'm like, well, I still look the same at the end of the day and I ate a salad for lunch. <laughs> this isn't working. It's not working. But my motivation was off here, clearly. Right. Yeah, yeah. But I think, and that is, that is actually like a tough mental shift. Totally. I mean, and I, it's, it's a constant, it's a constant mental challenge because I think in general, people care what they look like. And I think especially, again, living in this time, in this place, and if you're on Instagram, it is brutal. Yeah. Like I, sometimes I have to just set my phone down and be like, I'm okay. I'm okay. Yeah. Like my hair is okay. My body's okay. Like I have to walk away from yeah. this because it's overwhelming yeah. and it's hard. It can just, yeah, it messes with your head and then it does. It shifts all your priorities. Yeah. Um, hey, I've said it before. There's nothing wrong with unfollowing people and it does not make you a bad person. <laughs> I'm being serious. I mean, there was one day I went through and unfollowed like 400 people, Jen. Oh my gosh. Because I was like, A, I don't know them. B, even, I unfollowed people I did know. Yeah. Because it was my heart. They were doing yes. nothing wrong. Yes, I've nothing. done the same thing. But my heart needed a break. And yeah. so I'm like, listen, just take care of your heart. And if mm-hmm. your heart is struggling by looking at one particular person on Instagram and you know her and you go to church with her, yeah. but when you look at her feed, you don't like her. You need to unfollow her. Yes. I, I've For the sake of that. your friendship and your heart. Yeah. And the thing is, I've, I've struggled with that in the past because I've thought I shouldn't, I shouldn't be bothered uh-huh. that this person looks so gorgeous yeah. all the time, which uh-huh. is, just, I mean, to say it out loud, it sounds so absurd. Exactly. No, I, I think know. we all do this. Uh-huh. And, but then someone was like, 
but it's turning me into a bad person. And so like, I literally have to unfollow this, this gorgeous, probably lovely person, but like probably for sure. Yeah. But it's making me, it's making my heart black. Yeah. Like, and, but if you think about grip, it in yeah. another way, like, because I hear that a lot, like, well, I should be able to handle this. Okay. Well, that's yeah. cool. But what if you struggled with drinking? Would you remove the alcohol from your you house? Or would you that's just great. say, you know what? I can keep all of this in here and it's my issue. It's not the alcohol's issue. Right. So I'm going to have to figure out how to deal with it. But you wouldn't yes. want to have to figure out how to deal with it with that alcohol right in front of you. That is a brilliant point that I'm going to hold on to forever. But it's just like, <laughs> yeah. I think to take a little pressure off because yeah. people are like, I should be better than this. I should be bigger than this. It's right. just social media. Da, 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 da. Just unfollow for a little bit. Yeah. You can go back. Yeah. Deal with That's your heart. So Let God do what he needs to do. So I'm I'm a big fan of that. Of, listen, and if you're, some people will be like, well, they'll know I unfollow them. Who the heck cares? Right. Uh, really? <laughs> right. If they're checking who follows them on a daily basis, they need to deal with their heart. Yeah, then that's their thing to that's, work out. Exactly. Right. And so if you're listening and you're worried that someone, a friend unfollowed you, who cares? Yeah. <laughs> who cares, people? <laughs> Get on a soapbox about that. Um, okay, Jen, I always ask people what they're reading and what they're loving. So okay. bring it to me. Okay, so what I'm loving are exclusively silly things always um, that are not that awesome or cool or impressive. But I would say the first thing is somewhat juvenile YouTube channels um, that I shouldn't like at my age. But there's one specifically that my kids started watching and then I kind of wandered through the room and now I can't stop watching it. I've watched endless videos from this channel. It's called Cam and Jeff and it's literally probably for preteens. <laughs> so funny, but you can't stop. No, I've, I will be like, now look at that one. Go to the one with the paintballs. Like I can't. And then on YouTube, I mean, they're all right there. You, yes. just, you can watch for hours. Oh my gosh. And you have the YouTube app on your TV. So like, it's not even on my computer. Like we just, we- Family night. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know, years ago we're like, oh, we don't need cable. And now like, we don't even need, I mean, I have Netflix, but like literally all we watch are these silly YouTube channels. So, but Cam and Jeff are awesome. And it's, they also have a, Cam is actually Chris. They have a brother, Robert. I know way too much about these people that are like half my age. I followed them on Instagram, like a creeper. My kids are like, that's embarrassing. I'm like, it's okay. <laughs> hey, I'm sure they love that you follow them on Instagram. <laughs> I'm probably like their mom's age, but it's okay. Um, but, but yeah, they build trampoline Cam towers. and who? Cam and Jeff. I'm going to look them up right now. It's not going to look great for me, <laughs> but they build trampoline towers. They like do things with mouse traps. Like, I don't know. It's totally stupid, but so funny. And oh, I, I found them. And the only person that said that I knew that followed them was you. So <laughs> I found them. Cam and Jeff official. This is the best. It is so lame, but it is so funny. And I love these people as if they were my family members. That I, is like, hilarious. This family. Okay. So kind of like that. Do y'all watch Dude Perfect? My kids have watched okay, it. Okay, but they I've don't get you like Cam and Jeff get you. <laughs> right, no. Okay, okay. Cam and Jeff have a special place in my heart. <laughs> no one can replace Cam and Jeff. No. <laughs> but dude, perfect. My kids love them. I've heard good things. And they're great. They're great, great guys. Okay. Uh, we're friends with the twins' parents. Oh, okay. And so they're sweet guys. That okay. is awesome. Okay, so you're loving Cam and Jeff. What else are okay. you loving? Also, the nail polish I have on. I noticed it when you walked oh, in. Thank you. I like it a lot. People ask me about it all the time. I've been wearing this same nail polish for like six months. What is it? It's um, made by this really small company um, that's actually based out of my hometown. I don't know who the person is or where it came from, but it's, you know, like carcinogen-free and vegan and all this stuff. But the main thing that I love about it is that this specific one is called Fordite. And so unless you're from Michigan, you've never heard of Fordite. I've never um, heard of it. Okay, so that's where I grew up. But like, so the like Ford company, back okay, when they yes. used to like hand spray cars, the paint layers would build up and then they would pry the paint off. 
And now like all those big chunks of paint with all different colors, people turn them into jewelry and they look like really cool gems. I got it. So this nail polish is called Fordite. It looks like Fordite if you put it over a color. I wear it clear because then if it chips, oh, you no one tell. notices, which as I've mentioned before, is a really big hang up of mine. So it's polished polish. It's not yeah. like um, gel or anything. Yeah. Like so you paint a, your own nails. Yes. Good for you. I have been painting my own nails like a hero for six months now because normally I would only go get gel uh-huh. because I don't like chip yeah. nail polish. Uh-huh. And I was like, this is excessive. My nails are going to fall off. Mine are going to fall off too. Right. Yes, yes. I was like, I don't think they have had air in like five years. So I started painting my own nails with only this nail polish because it because always you love looks it. great. Yeah, so it's okay. called Fordite. It's awesome. Okay, what else? Um, what else am I I'm loving your shoes, if I can just say that. Oh, thank you. What are they? They are Keds by Kate Spade. Um, (gasps) They're they're leopard print, you guys. They are leopard print. And and they're slip-on. They're slip-on. They're super comfortable. Uncomfortably, they arrived the day that she died. I was like, oh, that's so... I mean, yeah, it's... Yeah. Just a bummer. I was like, oh, I feel Feels weird Feels weird that. yeah. Um, but they're awesome. And yeah, I just, I wear them every day. I like them a lot. When I, I first heard them, I was like, these will only go with certain things. Oh and no, then and then you learned they you know, go with everything. They go with everything. <laughs> okay, I threw one out there. Did you have another thing you're loving? Um, I, I love everything at Madewell. So oh, I do too. That's like all, I, I'm almost only, I guess I still shop some other places, but I basically just, you know, I need jeans, I need whatever. Like that's just where I go, so Basically everything Is your top I wear. from Madewell? Yes. Oh, I love that. Is that Thank this you. year or is it? Yeah, <gasps> I actually just got it recently. I walked in and I just like, it was like it a looks beacon. Like it, yes. Yes, I just ah, walked so up, cool. picked it up and was like, I, I have to take this home. But also, I don't know if people know this, at Madewell, you can bring in old jeans and get $20 off your new jeans. Which is and, nice for Madewell prices. Yes. I love their jeans, but they ain't jeans. Cheap. Yeah. yeah. Like uh-huh. you can bring in junk jeans. You could go to Goodwill and buy jeans for a dollar and bring them and get 20 bucks I got off. Madewell jeans on right now. I thought those were Madewell uh-huh. jeans. I think I have I buy them. all my jeans from Madewell and Able. Those are the two places I've that I just love. I've Able. Oh, I love their jeans. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, so anyway, so I that's like, I have just a stack of Madewell jeans. I don't even try anywhere else anymore. Last time I bought jeans from Madewell, I actually left the jeans I had on with I've them. I was that. like, you know what? These are crappy from Old Navy. Uh, you can have them. <laughs> I have done that there. I'm like, can you just keep these the, ones for $20? Exactly. I'm like, I probably paid like $12 for these. You can have them. Yes, yeah. totally. So there's a, there's a little hint. Wear your crappy jeans in and wear your new jeans out. Yes. I mean, nothing feels better than that. No, no. So. Uh, and I'm liking Madewell because I like the high-waisted. Oh, it's so flattering. And I'm like, praise God that this is back in. I'm so this happy This is the about best that. thing in life. Yeah. Okay, what are you reading? Um, I'm reading a few things right now. I'm reading the new Lisa Turkhurst book. Um, it's not supposed to be this way. Yes, it's not supposed to be this way. And I... I mean, I was like three pages in and was ready to tell everyone I know, yeah. you have to read this book. Yeah. Um, she was on the show. <laughs> if you guys didn't hear it, she was on the show two weeks ago. So go back and listen to that episode. So yeah, a lot of times books that are on like suffering or disappointment, um, they don't really connect with me. I start them and I think, okay, like this, it just feels a little trite or maybe the problems seem a little too trivial. And not to say that those authors aren't sincere or what they felt wasn't real, um, but this book just is more of like straight to the gut and it's so honest and real, um, but very, very hopeful yeah. at the same mm-hmm. time. It's, I just think it's like a must read for basically anyone who's a human. Like, yeah. you need to read this book. It's great. You're going to need it. Yeah. I recommend it as well. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm reading that. Um, another book that I'm reading very slowly is called Odd Heaven, Rooted Earth. It's uh, The Prayers of Walter Brueggemann. And I think, uh, this is also a book I think everyone should just have okay. forever. It's um, 
each page is just a different prayer that he wrote, you know, and it'll tell you on the bottom of the page, you know, either while he was teaching a specific class or a certain date and time. Um, and they are just beautiful. They, it's, I think, meant to be read very slowly. Like you would not, if you, it's kind of like poetry where you don't just want to like blow right. through it. But it's one of those books where some days, like I have a stack of books next to like the chair that I, you know, often sit in in the morning with my coffee or whatever. And depending on the day, I grab a different book. And there are days where I'm like, I have to read one of these prayers. Like, and they are just, yeah, they're just really rich and deep and thought-provoking and heart-stirring, like all the good things that you want. Um, and so, yeah, I usually will sit down and read read one or two, maybe tops, yeah. and then just kind of reread it over and over because there's just so much to it. And yeah. it just kind of like weighs on you. It's really in like a really good way. Okay, good. And then similarly, but in a not as heavy way, I also am slowly reading, what's it called? Songs to Make Your Heart Sing? Don't know it. Thoughts to Make Your Heart Sing. Okay. It's actually a children's book, which oh. sounds a little weird. No, Again, it's okay. I've yes. some juvenile taste. Uh-huh. Um, but it's... Sally, what's her name? Sally, Sally Lloyd Jones. Jones. So same as the Storybook Bible, which is of course a which tear-jerker. she's been on the show before too. Oh. Phenomenal show. Oh, I have to. One look of my it top up. five episodes ever. Oh, I bet. Yeah. So this book, it's all just like little short thoughts, um, and of course the same the same illustrator. So it's beautiful, but I mean it's for children. But one of my best friends actually texted me one day. And she was like, I'm sitting in my car, just left, you know, the, like the grocery store. I'm eating like a veggie burger. My car's sobbing over this book. And I was like, what? So I ordered it and it's the same thing. I yeah. mean, it's just beautiful little thoughts and you can read through several of them, but I don't know, sometimes things for kids, at least spiritually speaking, like I love them because it simplifies yeah. something so beautiful that, yeah, like I'll t- you know take pictures of some of them and text them to someone who I think of. And so that's kind of another book that I'm just slowly just enjoying, kind yeah. of like savoring these like just beautiful thoughts. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I just, I love it. So that's in my stack. <laughs> I love that. The Jesus story, but Bible, I mean, I haven't pulled that out of my house in a really long time, but yeah. when we had younger kids and we would read it to them at night, I mean, there were so many of those stories that I would cry through. Yes. And I think, <laughs> I've never had cried through them reading them in my Bible, but the right. way that Sally, the way that she writes them and the mm. way that everything points back to Jesus, like that's where she gave me some of the language, even when I teach of like, we have a redeemer and we have a yeah. rescuer and God always knew that he was going to rescue us. Yes. I mean, that is straight from the Jesus story about yes, Bible because totally. I used to read that thing to my kids and it just was like, oh my gosh, you always knew God. Yeah. You always knew you were going to rescue us. And it's really, really cool. Even for adults, you know, she wrote a book, the story of God's love for us. I, I think that's right. If not, I'll correct it in the show okay. notes, but the story of God's love for us. And it was a hardback book. And I remember I got an early release and it was paperback. Um, the only reason I know that is because I take books to the jail and you can't take hardback. So oh, okay. side note, who cares? Right. <laughs> but anyhow, I was reading it and I thought, this sounds just like the Jesus Storybook Bible. And she kind of took what she had done there wow. and put it in a form that an adult would possibly pick up. Right. Because most adults would not pick up the Jesus Storybook right. Bible. But it was <laughs> so beautiful. And I thought this would be such a phenomenal gift to give one to someone who's oh like goodness. really thinking does God love me? Is this true? What is this all about? Like, what a great, so just side note, she has that book that's out there that is so good. Yeah, I'm gonna have to pick that yeah, up. Yeah, it's that really good. Great. It's worth it, it's worth it. Yeah. Um, Jen, thank you. Thank you for having me. It has been so fun getting to know you. 
And congrats on your book. Thank you. I mean, it's a big deal. Let's not let this go by. It's a big deal. (laughs) Uh, The Bright Life, 40 Invitations to Reclaim Your Energy for the Full Life. And I think that January is the perfect time for this to release because people do a little reevaluation at the beginning of the year. Yes. You know, they're like, hey, I'm going to do 2019 different than 2018. And so the excitement about your book for that is that you don't come with, here's a to-do list to make it good. Mm -hmm. Here's ways that we can rest and really see what God has for us. So- Thank you. Congrats. Thank you. All the things. Thank you. You guys, I adored my conversation with Jen. I was so thankful that she flew down here to hang out with me. I hope you were encouraged. I hope you were encouraged to live the life that God asked you to live. Today's show was edited by Chris with Podshaper, and the music was developed for the show by Matt Graham. Next week, my guest is Susan C. Susan lives here in Austin. She's a homeschooling mama to seven kids. And her and I met in the very first Be The Bridge group that I was in a long time ago. On the show that airs next week, we talk about being an intentional mama, self-care that does not just involve pedicures. And she shares what life looked like for her when she felt like a single mom in a married household. I love this woman and she's such an encouragement to women. Her vulnerability about limping into 2019 was a big encouragement to me when we recorded this and I know it will be for you as well. You guys, enjoy your week. Share the show with a girlfriend. Have a happy hour with a friend. I will see you guys back here next week with Susan. Susan.